0: Hi, everyone. This is a Personal Synthesis podcast. And today we are covering a very interesting and very important topic. Today we are talking about resilience. This area focuses on our ability to tolerate unpleasant experiences such as pain, hardship, noise. With me is Dr. Nesh Popovich. Nesh, can you tell us something more about resilience?
1: As you mentioned, probably resilience is very important, and my feeling is it's getting more and more important. We seem to struggle with resilience. We seem to be less and less resilient. I'm sure that this is something that many of our listeners can relate to. I'll just say a few words about what resilience is, and then we should focus first on what actually reduces resilience. Right. And then we can uh, talk a little bit about how to increase resilience. With resilience is power and control over the some, let's call it unpleasant or negative experiences. If everybody, without any exceptions, occasionally goes through some unpleasant experience, the common response is to try to create some kind of mental armor to protect ourselves. But this doesn't work always because when we do that, we also decrease our sensitivity towards good experiences. So here, we'll try to see if there is another way, another method that can strengthen our resilience without having to employ some kind of barriers. So let's start, as I said, with what reduces our resilience. To do that, I want to ask you, Bobby, first, do you think that, you are very resilient, that you have average this disrespect, or you feel that your resilience is quite low? Right now,
0: I'm less and less resilient.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. this is very important because I think a lot of people experience that. Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Well, I noticed that as time passes, I'm less and less resilient to some things that I was resilient earlier in my life. For example, the noise, the crowd, a uh, football game or something like that. I loved it when I was younger. But in these days, <laughs> I went to watch a football game and all that noise, all that uh, big crowd, it
1: just bothered me. That's a very good example. So, first of all, I want to ask you would you like to be more resilient? Of course. Course, you would. I would. So, what do you think? Why you're less resilient?
0: Because I have more and more <laughs> work to do. Uh, I have uh, less and less sleep. huh. Uh, uh, more and more problems. The older you get, the more serious. Some problems get.
1: Right, right, right. We listed nine reasons on the websites that contribute to reducing our resilience. Let's see which of these reasons apply to you. You already mentioned lack of sleep and stress. Now, this is certainly one of the important factors. It is well known that poor physical state, being unfit, being ill, being hungover, hungry, or lacking sleep, or being stressed, understandably makes us less resilient. But let's see if there are any other factors that apply to you. So the other factor is becoming oversensitive. Is that something that applies to you? That is a difficult question. Sometimes I feel I'm oversensitive
0: for some things. But uh, that is uh, closely connected to that uh, previous thing that you said. Uh, When I need more sleep, when I didn't have enough sleep, I'm more sensitive than when I'm fully rested.
1: Yeah. Is it also maybe related to some sense of entitlement that you, you know, particularly got a certain age, that you deserve not to be exposed to certain unpleasant things? Uh, No, I think that I
0: should be more resilient towards some things.
1: Okay, so do you exercise that muscle of resilience of yours? How often do you exercise that muscle of resilience?
0: exercise Uh, i i mean (laughs) i'm trying to be more resilient
1: right i'm gonna give you an
0: example some of my neighbors throw the party it was late 11 o'clock i couldn't sleep Uh, so i tried just to uh, close my eyes and think on something else and uh, i was talking to myself they have every right to throw a party to celebrate something Just be cool. That is one way I'm trying to exercise that resilient muscle.
1: Very good. The major secret of resilience is to understand that there are two ways to deal with, let's say, an annoying or unpleasant situation such as the one that you mentioned. One way is to try to change something externally such as try to stop your neighbors making that noise. But the other way is also to try to change our perception of the situation, make that kind of internal changes so that we are not bothered with those experiences, or at least not bothered to that extent that it affects us in a way that we can't sleep or we can't do something and so on. Sometimes, however, people are neglecting the latter, are neglecting using some ways to change their inner world in order to deal with the unpleasant things that uh, are coming from outside. And they try to make those changes outside and because very often this is not possible, we can't do it, we kind of fail to do that and that makes us feel even worse. Another factor that uh, reduces our resilience is unrealistic expectations. What I have in mind if you expect you'll we'll never have an argument with your partner, that your bike will never have a puncture, or that life will always be fair, or that neighbours will never make noise upstairs and things yeah. like that. Do you think that there is something there that is relevant to you? I mean, do you think that you have a little bit of uh, maybe unrealistic expectations of life? Uh,
0: no, no. No, 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 no. Uh, you, I, like I said, yeah, I like, like I said in uh, one of our pre- previous yeah. sessions, I'm pretty realistic. I don't have big expectations, unrealistic expectations. Unrealistic. I, I never, no, I never had and yeah. I don't have it now.
1: That's great, but I think a lot of people do have unrealistic expectations. Yes. You can see that in the morning, if let's say a train is a little bit late many people get very upset. We know that it's impossible for trains always to come on time and be on time. And that sometimes there will be some kind of delays. And yet it seems that a lot of people behave in a way that they have expectations that will never happen. Very contrary to the evidence and the experience we have. So they get in such situations unprepared and they get very upset when something that could be predicted uh, happens okay i'm glad to hear that that doesn't apply to you (laughs) now what about self-importance so those who think that they're the center of the universe easily get upset when (laughs) reality proves that they are not is there something that applies to you no
0: of course not but
1: uh, but i know people that (laughs) that are like that. that yes I can imagine that you experience these things in work situations a lot.
0: Of course, <laughs> of course. Of course.
1: Yes. I think that is a common thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so, so how about self-pity? What I mean by that is feeling sorry for yourself when something goes wrong. Let's say when you, when you had the experience of your neighbors having a party, and you want to sleep, and you start thinking like, oh, poor me, why it's happened to me, why me, that sort of stuff.
0: I think this uh, self-pity is the one of the uh, things that I never, uh, literally never again <laughs> in my life. I was taught since I was little, don't pity yourself,
1: just deal with it. Right. <laughs> nice. That's another good thing. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Okay. Yeah. So how about getting upset or angry? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is very common indeed. A yeah, common response. Yeah. But actually, it doesn't make you feel better, and no. can make things worse for others and for so yourself.
0: Much worse, I think. When you are angry or very yeah. upset, uh, you cannot uh, think straight. Yes, the hot head thinking for you, and when a head is hot, it's not a good thing.
1: Yeah, it is very primitive response. I use carefully that word primitive because it may have been useful in a very distant past. I mean, like thousands of years ago. But right now, it's not very helpful. You get angry and upset. It doesn't actually make your neighbors stop. And if you react angrily, probably it would make the situation worse, not better. Yeah. Feeling powerless. Is that something that amplifies that uh, perception? Negative events, such as the one you described. How do you feel when you can't do anything about that?
0: Yeah, I think... Every one of us felt powerless in yeah. some yeah. moment, especially when dealing with the things that we cannot affect,
1: and that makes us even more upset in a particular situation. Or sometimes, yes, sometimes that, that yes. reduces resilience further. Well, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And the last point is avoidance. Avoiding potentially upsetting situation not only decreases resilience but limits your freedom and choice. So when you say that you are more sensitive to noise and crowds and things like that. What do you do? Do you try to avoid these situations?
0: Uh, I tried before. It doesn't work. It doesn't work,
1: yeah. <laughs> it doesn't
0: yeah. work. I tried a couple of times. Now I'm trying to go with the flow. Absolutely. To, so... accept, to accept it is what it is, deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. And...
1: It's a normal reaction to try to avoid situations that makes us not feeling great but actually these situations then grow and you have less and less maneuvering space Uh, let's say that you're sensitive to noise and things like that you try avoid places that are very noisy now you become more sensitive to noise by doing so and that means that greater number of situations becomes unpleasant for you until you end up in a, a soundproof room and not go out at all. <laughs> so let's just make a few suggestions of how to facilitate a resilience or suggest some antidotes for the above points. The opposite can be applied to deal with these factors that reduce our resilience if we want to increase it. That means try to maintain good physical shape by being physically active, sleeping enough, eating well, uh, avoiding any excesses and so on start thinking of yourself as a strong person rather than prince or princess. What it means is that if you want to be resilient, you have to start to think of yourself as a resilient person rather than thinking of yourself as super sensitive. Even if you are super sensitive, you need to have a different mindset if you want to increase resilience. This is very similar to you know if you want to stop smoking. Even if you are still smoking, you have to start thinking about yourself as a known smoker And the same applies in this case. Don't expect sunshine every day. Accept that some things go wrong and that not everything will go your way. And Remind yourself that you're not the only thing that matters in the world. Try to see the larger picture. Try to see you know, yourself in the context of all sorts of other things that are going on in the world, uh, which would help you recognize that glass may be half empty, but is also half-full. Instead of feeling self-pity, take situation as a challenge. So rather than thinking, oh, this is so bad, it's why it's happening to me, Say, okay, this is a challenge now. This is a chance for me to exercise that muscle resilience. Don't let your traumatic reactions rule your life. I just want to ask listeners to think of maybe last few situations where they got angry or upset. What was the point? Was it helpful? Did it do any good? Do you regret these reactions? Just it's really important to get to the point of understanding that they're pointless. And then have something up your sleeve. Just believing that you can do something if you want, even if you actually don't do anything, it doesn't matter if you do, but just knowing that you can do something make many situations more tolerable. I had a similar situation like you, but I knew that I could have done something. I could have actually stopped those people making noise and so on. And that very knowledge that is in my power to stop it helped me to reduce the importance of that noise and just, just let it happen. And I'll give you another another interesting example. Have you ever had a situation when somebody is tapping their fingers on the table? That can be quite irritating, right? Right. Irritating <laughs> for other people. But yeah. why it's not irritating for the person who is actually tapping? Because they do get irritated if somebody else is doing that. But if they are doing that, they're okay. That's because they have a power to stop it. Oh, right. That's why it's not irritating to them. Okay. And a couple more suggestions. Give yourself um, permission to be happy. Sometimes we think that if we are happy, we are not going to prepare well for whatever challenges may come our way. This is actually not true. Being well-prepared and being happy, it's not only possible, but will make you more resilient. And practice gradual exposure. That simply means exposing yourself in a particular way, not just going into the particular situation that is maybe irritating for you, like crowded and noisy places, and then suffering. That will not increase your resilience. You have to expose yourself, but you have to be prepared and know exactly what to do in these situations. Three steps that can help you deal with that resilience in real situations without any negative effects, without side effects. Right. And what are they? Well, first of all, we know that resilience actually depends a lot on our thinking. That was recognized very, very long time ago. One Roman emperor called Marcus Aurelius about 2,000 years ago said this, if you paint by external things, it is not they that disturb you, but your own judgment of them, your own interpretation of them. And it is in your power to wipe out that judgment now. How does that sound?
0: That sounds logical.
1: It sounds logical and it's very, very powerful if exactly. we can do it. So this is the first step that we want to suggest, meaning think it through. The, because the way we interpret the situation can have negative and positive effect on resilience. For example, if you think that your neighbor is uh, deliberately playing that light music to irritate you, you're likely to get upset. I mean, have you been in that situation that something is happening outside and you think the only reason why this is happening is to spoil my mood, to irritate me and so on?
0: <laughs> A couple of times, but as far as this goes, it would be logical that he he plays loud music to irritate me only if I
1: have beef with my neighbor and I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yet, there's something almost, uh, some kind of perverse satisfaction we get from thinking in that way. This is because, again, it comes from more primitive parts of ourselves, immature parts of ourselves. Children do believe, at least in the first couple of years of their lives, that they're the center of the universe. They don't make distinction between the external world and, and, and the internal world. And if you don't make the distinction... If you don't believe that the world outside, including other people have kind of independent existence from you, then everything that is happening is happening because of you. And when we get annoyed about something and so on, we easily slip in that kind of um, more immature way of thinking. And that needs to be avoided. So you can say to yourself, instead, something like this is nothing personal it's right to play loud music, that's exactly Bobby what you did in that yeah. situation, which I'm sure increased the level of tolerance in your case. Yes, he did. And you may also remind yourself that your needs and desires are not always more important than somebody else's. This is also what you did when you said, Well, he wants to enjoy now, he's having a party and things like that. And you know, sometimes the needs of others, their desires may be more important than ours so there is no point of getting upset trying to understand why something is happening if you know for example that is his birthday, birthday it helps a lot too because then it's easier to accept the event becomes meaningful you know why it's going on in short if you manage to interpret an event in a meaningful way you'll be less bothered about that yeah okay so that's good if you manage to do all these things but if that doesn't fully help you can move to the step two and that's it's not anymore about thinking but making a choice what to do about this particular situation so that means uh, having a plan or at least knowing that you can do something we mentioned already that knowing that you can do something even if you don't do it increase resilience because you're sense of internal control is restored to some extent you are in charge so for example you can make a mental note my neighbor is having a good time right now and i'm not going to spoil it but i'm going to speak to him next time when i see him so ask yourself in such situations is there anything i can do about this should i do anything i mean does it matter in long term is it worthwhile effort and do i really want to do something I just wanted to ask you have you done anything about anything kind of uh, practical if you like about that noise that you mentioned? No like I said
0: I was thinking he has a right to throw his party nah. uh, like I had my I have my right to throw party sometimes yes and yes. it is what it is let's move on. so I uh, fell to
1: sleep in one moment. Okay but there are other things that you could have tried to do to exercise your choice and agency in that situation. For example, you could move to a different room that may be less noisy, you can put earplugs or do something about that, do something <laughs> like practical. I did.
0: Like you I did. did. I put earplugs. That yeah. is the thing I did but uh, I said to myself it, it has nothing to do with
1: me. That helped more than earplugs. More,
0: more, yes. more. Yes. yes. Helped more. Yes.
1: The eye. It's not so much if they work or not, it's more about knowing that you have some kind of say in that situation, that you can do something about that. But even if that doesn't work fully, then you can move to the third step, which is accept and move on. If nothing can be done, you can choose to accept the situation. Now, people find it difficult to understand that actually acceptance is in our power. This is our choice. And this doesn't need to be. It's not about resigning yourself to suffering, but being firm, being firm, strong, thinking about yourself as a resilience person and not letting a pleasant experience to control you. Yeah. In other words, being aware of sensations, but not reacting automatically towards them. So say, OK, this is noisy. Nothing I can do about that, but I'm not going to let it ruin my sleep or whatever is happening. So counterintuitively, the key to this is to relax rather than stiffen up, and allow any reactions, emotions, imagined actions, and so on, towards the thought to let go, dissolve, or disperse. You can say to yourself, "I can relax despite what's going on outside me." I always remember the picture, a photo that I saw of um, a monk meditating at a a train station. There is a lot of noise. People are passing by, talking, and so on. And yet he felt completely peaceful and relaxed. That's because he had a different frame of mind. If you manage to do that, if you really truly manage to relax and accept and let go of your reactions, they should start subsiding, which will reduce this importance of what's going on and you'll be able to ignore it and focus on something else. And that is ultimately the aim, to be able to accept and ignore it. This is what will make you stronger and more resilient in the long term.
0: That sounds great, and uh, I did uh, exactly that. Accept and move on. It is what it is. But I want to ask you something else. Sometimes I feel like people are... Or less resilient, but it has nothing to do with situations uh, they are in. It has something to do with things that are inside them, some mm. uh, underlying problems. Do you think it's possible?
1: Absolutely. Definitely it is. We, we call it sometimes iceberg situations. So let's say something small happens and yet you overreact to that. Yeah. You get really upset. I don't mean you in this situation, but... No, it happened. It happened, get... to, me. Yes. It happened yes. to me. Yeah. What it means, when you overreact, that there is some unresolved internal conflict, some deeper issue. So you need to locate that deeper issue, and then you need to address that first. Otherwise, it's like an iceberg. I mean, when you hit the iceberg, the biggest part is underneath. And if that underneath part is not addressed, any minor thing can have disproportionate effect on you. Let's use that example that is on the website. Imagine you move in with your partner and your partner keeps forgetting to do something that you ask them to do. And it happens several times and you end up very upset about that. Now, you don't know why you recognize that it is out of proportion that is uh, really not a reaction that the situation deserves. So obviously you need to deal with those deeper issues. The way to do that is to ask yourself, what is the worst part of this situation for me? Usually those deeper things are more general and more important. So in this situation, you may say something like, uh, they're not being helpful, even when they know I need help.
0: Right.
1: Now, what is the worst in that, that they're not helpful, assuming that it's true? What is the worst part of that? Usually the worst part is that kind of nugging feeling that that person just doesn't care, doesn't care enough. Yeah. And, what it, yeah. and what is the worst part of that? They don't really love you. Yeah. And assuming that is true, what is the worst about that? Well, how can I live with somebody? How can I plan my future with somebody who doesn't really care or, or love me? And that's that kind of conflict, internal conflict, that triggers our overreaction. Yeah. So to deal with that, we really need to first address, uh, locate, and then address the internal conflict, address the assumption check the assumptions, you know, all these assumptions, all these kind of answer to that question are correct, and then decide what to do about that if they're correct. But if your partner really doesn't care or, or doesn't love you, you may want to have a conversation with them and see how, how to deal with that, with that underlying issue, not just that surface, irrelevant surface thing. If your assumptions are not correct, you then go through those Above three steps,
0: I think we covered pretty much everything.
1: Yes, and I really hope that the listeners will get a point that they can do something to increase their resilience by making some changes within themselves, not just trying to change the world, but just yeah, trying want, to yeah. kind of adapt the world to themselves, but adapt themselves to the world.
0: Yeah, you're reading my mind.
1: I just <laughs> wanted to say that don't try to change the world. Start yes. with yourself.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Nesh. It was a pleasure like always. I think it was very helpful. Uh, I want to say to our listeners, if they have any questions about this or a previous subject, they can write us a question. They can
1: write to us at info at personalwellbeingcenter one word dot com or they can visit our website and just ask any question or make any comments there.
0: Yes. Thank you, nish Thank you.